Hello and welcome. My name is Megan Lucky and this is A Lucky Life. Come along with me as I try and get to know myself better and hopefully help you get to know yourself better too. Can you guys believe June is almost over? I always feel like summer goes by so fast and I think it has something to do with just overcommitting and there only being so many weekends and you're trying to get everything in with your friends. So you have all these plans and you're just like waiting for the next plan and it just, it fades. I don't want that to happen this summer. I really want to be more present and enjoy it, especially in this phase of life that I'm in. So without further ado, I'm going to pull a tarot card and I want to know what reminders I need for this summer. There's so much going on in my life right now that I'd have uncertainty around, which I always will have uncertainty around. But universe, please be present and show me a reminder of a truth within myself that I need to keep at the forefront of my mind this summer. Ooh, ooh, that's kind of a different card. Okay, it's pentacles, which pentacles usually have to do with the material world. <coughs> Money! <coughs> I hope, um, and physical things, maybe an apartment. Actually, this is a card I don't, I think it's positive, but I haven't memorized it. Ooh! Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, yay, it says, happy, healthy home. Always a welcome card. The nine of pentacles is a time to enjoy the many results of your loyalty and hard work. This may be a promotion at work or a newfound stability and happiness at home. Oh! It's even possible that you'll find yourself enjoying the finer things in life as luxury and refinement oftentimes accompany this card. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so excited and so happy. What a perfect card for me to get. Beautiful. I couldn't be happier to hear that. I really am pointing my efforts in one direction and I hope it lands and I pray that it lands. Um, and when I say one direction, that's completely a lie. I'm pointing, I'm throwing a bunch of darts at the wall right now that are aligned with me and hoping one of them, at least one of them sticks so that I can make a career out of it and not go back to the corporate rat race and then show other people how to do it too. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That is super exciting. So I read this week. I just finished. I literally read it so fast. Pamela Anderson's book. And I loved it. And I love Pamela Anderson. I also kind of relate to Pamela Anderson in a lot of ways. And I know you're probably judging me one way or another. You're probably like, oh, you're such a narcissist. You think you're like Pamela Anderson. Or you're like, wow, why would you ever want to be like Pamela Anderson? Think about why you might be feeling that way. I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, but when we judge people, it says something about us. So I think it's important to kind of stop pause ourselves and catch ourselves when we're judging someone and think, why are we judging them? What is causing it? Now let me kind of explain why I feel this way and how I relate to her. I like her a lot. I like her a lot. And it was so funny because after the first time the whole beer girl thing happened, I was somewhere with like friends and family 
and someone made a comment like, oh, this is how Pamela Anderson got her start. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And I didn't know that. And my dad was like, oh, God, like, no, like, no, no, no. And I was like, why? She's the girl from Baywatch, right? Like, that's literally all I knew about her at the time. And he was like, eh, no, no, and some other stuff. And I was kind of like, what? And then, like, I realized, like, oh, like, Playboy? Like, I don't know, like, some other stuff. Like, I knew she was just, like, a hot woman who was in Baywatch. That's really the extent that I knew. So then the Pam and Tommy documentary came out, and I watched that, and I was fascinated by her. And then recently her documentary came out and her book came out and I plowed through this book super fast. And I just think she's such a unique person who has a very unique life experience. And she says that in the book, like, and I think she's like a delicate flower and I just love her. And I, I relate to the way that she looks at the world and her sensitivity and her femininity. Um, and I admire it. I think she's a beautiful soul who kind of lets things happen to her. She's very serendipitous. She doesn't take advantage of people, but people take advantage of her. And she's learned not to trust people, but also to trust in the universe. And that's kind of where I'm at in my journey. I'm also kind of a person who lets things happen. And she's a hopeless romantic discovered on the Jumbotron at a sporting event, you know? And I'm not saying I was discovered or I am equivalent to Pamela Anderson. However, there is a similarity there, okay? <laughs> and I just think her way of looking at it is so similar to me. Like she talks about, actually, I'm going to read a quote from the book. This page is so relevant to me because this is a battle I have with myself often and I feel the way Pam does and I need to stomp out my limiting beliefs around this in order to lean into my sensual feminine side and be okay with it and not allow these beliefs to stop me from pursuing parts of me that I shouldn't shame. So she's talking about like a friend or somebody giving her advice to take her more seriously as an activist she says she told me to stop posting sexy photos on social media to post authentic ones ones with my sons or pets with less makeup not retouched she thought that it would help me become a stronger and more serious activist because my intelligence was being overshadowed i was touched by her sentiment and concern appreciated her advice and took it under serious consideration but i argued i am who i am which is a combination of all I know. And I've always believed that striving to be a sensual person or being sexy should not conflict with intelligence. Women have fought so hard that we do not need to limit ourselves. And this confirmed for me that I had to use all I had even more to get attention for what was right. If the cartoon image of me was what got me through the door, so be it. Oh my God, queen, go off. That is how I feel. That is how I feel a lot of the time. Not only is it, okay, well, like, if it's going to get me through the door, great, whatever, like, let it be. But I also think there's so much power in being a sensual woman. And it's not a power that's, like, that sometimes men think, oh, you you have so much power and, and women abuse it and they know it. Like, no, 
I'm taking back my power and feeling confident in myself and who I am in my body and claiming that back. For some reason, the world thinks that you can only be one thing or the other. And that's just not true. There's so many parts of ourselves that are nuanced that are shamed outwardly. Like you can be sexy and smart. You can be whatever the fuck you want to be. Like my whole thing, the way I live my life, especially recently, is I can have fun. I can be sexy. I can be this girl that I dreamed of and saw in magazines as a kid. But I can also be someone who's incredibly helpful and kind and caring and compassionate and intelligent. I can be all of those things. And so can you. Don't let someone else or the media or old limiting beliefs put you in a box and make you stifled. You can be more than one thing. And that's even better. No one is exactly your combination. That's something I also think gets a lot of people stuck because they think that there's so many people like them already out there that they don't put themselves out there. People tell me all the time like, oh, I have this idea or I want to start this business, but there's already so much competition out there. And I'm like, there is no one exactly like you out there. There is so many businesses and entrepreneurs that had the same fears and worries that are so happy they push through those fears and worries now because they have amazing clients and customers that needed exactly what they had to offer. There's people out there that need what you aren't willing to put out there because you're scared, because you're worried about the competition, because you're worried about feedback or criticism or competition. You have to put yourself out there. You have to do things afraid because then you'll grow and you'll learn and there's going to be setbacks. But if you set your mind to something and if you embody being authentic, being who you are, people will gravitate towards it. I was talking to my therapist yesterday about the law of attraction and manifestation and how it is literally just neuroscience like rewiring your neural pathways and to have thoughts that serve you thoughts can be changed it takes a lot of conscious effort to work with your subconscious but they can be changed i said it before and i'll say it again what you look for is what you see so if you're looking for i'm always neglected or so and so always leaves their dishes on the counter and like they're doing that to spite me or they know that i hate this and they're not taking the time to do this because they're thoughtless like what you look for is what you get and what you get you therefore believe and so it's a cycle and you can change those cycles you can start looking for the positive things and then you'll see more of the positive things. I was also listening to a meditation last night on manifestation in your sleep. I just looked it up on Spotify and I really liked this one. It was very interesting and it was good. I, I went right to sleep and I was still listening to it the next morning. But there was a comment in the meditation that said something like the law of attraction works based off the energy that we put out. And it's not just the thoughts that we have, but it's the emotions that we have. That energy is what we get back. So if you're feeling sad 
and you're looking for things that make you sad, that frequency of sadness, that's the energy you're putting out. And that's the energy you're going to get back and receive. So if you're putting out energy of happiness and excitement and that feeling that's what you're gonna get that's what you're gonna feel so how can you rewire your brain and your neural pathways to start looking for those things that make you feel happy and excited and i'm not saying neglect feeling sad because you don't want to receive that energy back you need to feel your emotions and there's always going to be hard times in life it's just how you handle them that can make them better or worse but when those things do happen i'm not saying pretend to be happy, feel those things. And actually Pamela Anderson had a really good quote about this. And this is again, like a lot of these sentiments that I talk about, she talks about in her book, which is another reason why I relate to her so much. And she's talking about raising her kids. And she says, I would tell them happy is only one emotion. All the other feelings are just as important, even sad, even yearning, surprised, disappointed. I promised them that when they were upset or heartbroken, they would feel joy again, but that they must first sit with those difficult feelings. Don't hide from them. Accept them, relish them, and then let them go. Honor them. To an artist, an actor, a musician, those feelings are gifts. They're where art is born. They can be uncomfortable minutes, hours, days, but they will pass. To not fear feelings is a great thing to learn, a skill, a practice. We all have our own computer in our brain and no one can tell anyone else how theirs works. We must find our own self-soothing techniques, mantras, meditation, movement, and embrace them in times of difficulty. So again, feel the feelings because if you don't feel them, they're still going to be there. They're still going to be there in coming out in subconscious ways and little jabs or self-sabotaging you in ways that you don't even realize are hurting you. So feel the feelings of sadness, but then move through them. Don't get addicted to that feeling of sadness by then looking for things that could make you sad. Instead, look for things that could make you happy and multiply that so that you're living a happier life rather than a more sad life. I promise you it's wonderful. It's a wonderful life that we have, that we can just choose to see it that way. There's so many beautiful parts of our lives that we let go unnoticed on the day to day. We underappreciate ourselves. We underappreciate the people around us, the beautiful places around us, the beautiful planet that we have. And I get it. It's hard sometimes. It's very hard to exist in an overstimulated world where it feels like we lack control a lot of the time. I'm also going to read you the last poem of her book. She has these little poems throughout and here's the poem in the epilogue. One of the poems. She says, a message of hope, change, love, dragonflies circle me, a static swarm. I'm growing past self-created illusions that limit growth and change, a symbol of maturity. My dreams have soundtracks. I hear Stravinsky's Crescendo, The Rite of Spring, or Jazz, Elevator to the Gallows, like Jean Morrow and Miles Davis. Never look back. There is only beauty ahead. Salvation, redemption, glory. Who am I when I'm alone? I love that. Who am I when I'm alone? It'll say so much about you spending that time by yourself. (laughs) 
not by yourself, but alone, alone, like we talked about. Try it. Let me know how it works for you guys. Spend that time getting to know, getting to know yourself and see who you are when you're alone. See what you like and be with someone. Choose to spend your life if you're looking to get married and have a long-term love. Like I am. I, like Pam, am a hopeless romantic and I want to have a long-lasting love that I continue to grow in and I help the other person grow like that's what I want it's a cruel world but a beautiful universe and you can get what you want out of it if you know what to look for and if you know yourself well enough to know how to get the outcomes that you want and be authentic to you so be yourself enjoy your life romanticize your life Don't let your limiting beliefs and other people shame you into being the shell of who you are meant to be. The universe wants you to be you. I just read where I keep the cards for the first time in this wild unknown deck. And it says, welcome to the wild unknown tarot. You'll find no wrongs or rights inside this box. Only mirrors for reflection. Open your mind, draw a card, have fun on your journey only mirrors for reflection everything is a mirror for reflection just like how i said you might be judging me for saying oh i relate to pamela anderson what does that say how can you reflect everything is a mirror for reflection if you let it be to tweak and improve yourself and improve your life you have to own who you are and you have to realize that sometimes you're wrong about things That's a huge one that a lot of people can't seem to grasp these days. So use the world as your mirrors for reflection. Use the tarot cards, whatever you need to be honest with yourself in a safe environment. And what can you change instead of blaming everything else around you? What can you change to improve your circumstances. There's something, there's always something. So start thinking about those neural pathways and those limiting beliefs and how they're affecting you. Start asking yourself why. Another concept that was talked about in the Worry-Free Money book was actually kind of opposite of what I'm talking about. It talks about how when you make purchases and when you are spending money that is not completely necessary so you're spending your disposable income even though she says there's no such thing there's no such thing as disposable income but when you're spending that kind of money think about those purchases and rate them on an eroi scale emotional return on investment how do you feel after you buy these things and rate them on a scale of one to five and then those things that don't feel good after you buy them they might feel good in the split second of a moment but after how do they feel after if it's not good if it's below a two then you probably shouldn't be buying it and in order to stop yourself from buying it in the future you actually need to recall how that feels so kind of contradictory to what i've been saying trying to wire your brain to to be focused on the good this time you actually want to recall that memory of how bad it feels to buy that thing after the fact so that you can 
get yourself in the habit of stopping yourself before you make that purchase that you will inevitably regret. So again, it's all about learning how to rewire those neural pathways in your brain to control the outcomes that you get and to live a better life. So you need to be able to reflect and focus on the good at the same time. But yeah, I think the takeaways are all the same. Enjoy your life. Reflect on how you can improve your own habits and neural pathways in order to own your situation and your circumstances and make your life amazing. Anyways, I hope you guys have a wonderful 4th of July. I can't wait to tell you about my little adventures afterwards. And have a blessed week. Happy 4th. Hello and welcome. My name is Megan Lucky and this is A Lucky Life. Come along with me as I try and get to know myself better and hopefully help you get to know yourself better too.